I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're so happy following the blues. We love you. What more can we say? Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Tilt and Talk show. Our regulars are Paul Hipkiss. Evening all. Mark Adams. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Alan Moore. Good evening. Craig Courtney. Evening all. In, with the, in the studio with me this evening, I've got Oliver. Evening. Our special guest, Mick Hoffer. Woo-hoo-hoo! Thanks for having me, boys. Uh, look forward to this evening, yeah. Um, Mick, straight in, what are you doing now? Me, I'm uh, I'm at that club you beat last week three uh, nil. Uh, uh, the club you beat early in the season five nil. Yep, both times. So I'm uh, I'm assistant manager, come head of recruitment at Luton at the moment. Uh, went back in about six, seven, six and a half years ago when Nathan came back. Uh, so I've been there quite a while this time, but I've flitted in and out of uh, out of jobs. But uh, I've been at Luton now for nearly seven years. Yeah, and, and it's it's your team, isn't it, Luton? Really? Well, Sunderland are my team. Yeah. Uh, oh, are they? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm from Sunderland. I'm a Sunderland fan. Always will be. That's where I was born and bred, and I followed Sunderland all the way. Still do, and having a few bad times, so I'm sticking by them. But Luton's really, really close to my heart. I've got to be honest with you. Really. Close yeah. To my heart. Mm. And was you was you ever linked to um, with a coaching role at Blues throughout your since you've sort of finished playing as well, mate? Or uh, no, not really. Uh, no. I've never been offered. I mean, when I when I speak to TC, who's my best friend, and the, and the lads uh, who played for Birmingham, we actually said it the other night. We'd have loved the opportunity to gone back and played again there, or or coached there, whatever, and gone back there. But we never really got the opportunity. Mm. Just looking really at the opportunity, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, looking at yourself and and obviously TC as well. You know, goalkeeper coach at Manchester United for a long time. It would have been, I would have thought, a phenomenal coaching team, wouldn't it as well. Mm. Yeah, well, Tony, Tony had an illustrious, illustrious career at uh, Man United with Fergie and uh, those great teams, and and, yeah. and uh, I was I was fortunate enough to get a job when uh, when I retired. I retired. I played nearly till I was nearly thirty nine, and I got an injury. Uh, and Joe Kinney offered me a coaching role at Wimbledon doing the under twenty threes, and I've stayed in football ever since. Brilliant. Yeah. And do do you enjoy it as much as Evan uh, Mick? Still passionate about it, absolutely. Love, yeah. uh, I love match day more than anything. Uh, nowadays, you know, when when you're a bit younger, you're you're really excited about the coaching and that side <laughs> of it, and getting out and getting the lads organised and having good training yeah. sessions, which which are still going every day and watch them. And uh, but it's, it's more than more the match day experience for me. I, I really enjoy that and I prefer that. Yeah, you don't see bad from last week. <laughs> <laughs> We've saved our best. We've saved our best performances, haven't we, of the season? And uh, yeah. you probably saved 
plays yeah. for us. Oh, it's incredible. Hmm? 20% of our goals this season have been against Luton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, said, I said, look, take it easy today, boy. It's the next yeah. couple of mine. Uh, <laughs> take, uh, take but no, it's, really, it's a real coincidence because, I mean, I wasn't at the 5-0 result, but I was, I was there, obviously, the day when we got beat 3-0. First half, there was nothing in the game and uh, could have gone either way that game and that's the championship, you know. It's, it's yeah. so, down results are crazy and it's yeah, yeah. We, we, we upped our game massively after we scored, didn't we? It just grew us in confidence. Um, scored the goal after we got the first goal. Yeah, and, and, and the second goal just after half-time, 30 seconds after half-time, and a slight deflection and went through our back four. And to be fair to Taylor, he's finished it off well. And then you go chasing the game a little bit and you leave yourself a little bit wide open. And after that, you had total control of the game and, in all fairness, to be able to beat us. Yeah. Very yeah. honest of you, Nick. Yeah, definitely. 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 But yeah, you yeah, came back on Saturday, though. Yeah, I bet you're glad about that one. Yeah, we played well. <laughs> well, Saturday. I didn't mind too much. No. Hey, they were singing oh, shit Cameron on the villa as well. Yeah. They were singing shit on the villa. I thought I need a blue back. <laughs> <laughs> we don't yeah. say that word, villa. <laughs> you say the other word, but we don't say that word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we should we get straight into the game oh, on Saturday? Yeah. I know that, no, that's not going to be good for Mick, but Paul, your views on this game? I thought we played well. Um, we got the lead, and I thought, here we go. Come on now, you know, let's let's uh, get the second goal and let's pull away. And we're just so unfortunate the equaliser they got. And I mean, I haven't seen it enough times to to go mad about it, but it looked offside to me. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone can correct me, but again, it's another yeah. error from the officials. If he was and you know, it didn't look like he... Uh, I wasn't sure whether or not he'd actually touched the ball, but even if he hadn't, he's interfering with play there, isn't he? Getting in Everage's eye line. Yeah, it was a bit um, of a mystery to me, that was. I, I, I thought, yeah. as, as people, has somebody seen something that I haven't seen? That's what I thought, to be honest. You know, I but, thought, I'm, actually, I'm going to shut up here because I won't make myself a fool. Yeah, but yeah. to me... Yeah. Offside, yeah. Glad Blake, but it was great to see Jordan James get his first goal. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. Great goal, yeah. and then... You know, even going 2-1 down, a lot of the fact our reds didn't drop and we kept going and going and going. And in the end, we're fully worth the equaliser. And we could have even gone on to win it in the end, couldn't we? But, um, yeah. you know, yeah. them three, Hernandez, um, Bakuna probably didn't have his best game on Saturday. But even so, you know, those three and Gary Gardner. I mean, how much is Gary Gardner up to his game since he's got the armband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he lives yeah. life, hasn't he? And, yeah. and, Ryan, and Ryan Woods as well. I think, Ryan Woods, yeah. Gary and, Gardner. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. hoping... I'm hoping when Deeney comes back as well, he'll be the same, you know, with all these mm. good players around him now and better players. Yeah. We'll start yeah. to see uh, a different Troy Deeney as well when he's back. Um, yeah. Will he, no, will I, he get I, in? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard seeing how he, how, he, how he fits in, really. Yeah. Well, coming back to the week's events, obviously, the, the news that Ian Dutton's been promoted to MD, I think is great news for us. Um, definitely, definitely. You know, I've known Ian quite a few years and I think he'll do a great job in that position and, I just hope he's given what he needs to do what he needs to do. You know, that's the only, not concern, yeah. the only, that's the only question I'd have is hopefully he's got enough resources, you know, yeah. uh, to do it. But now we've certainly got, you know, Craig Gardner doing well at what he's doing. I think Lee Bowyer's a good manager. I think Ian Dutton will be excellent yeah. in that role. So yeah. now we've got people in positions in the club that are actually good, you know. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <clears throat> go on, go on, Mick. Go on uh, Mark. Sorry, I was just going to chip in about the game on Saturday. Um, uh, uh, despite the freezing cold, so it's minus three. 
Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's usually how it goes. Different, it's not the weather, but um, <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, it was great. I mean, Taylor. I mean, he's just added a different dimension. We said it last week. Yeah. Um, Taylor's been superb. Um, yeah. Gardner was superb. Maxine Collins. They all were. I mean, they all put a shift in, and it was really. I know we didn't win, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. It was yeah, a I really mean, good, enjoyable game. Going back a few months, Mark, we might have lost that game, aren't we? You know exactly. And then there's yeah. night again, again. Bo's name was was sung out loud from about yeah. seventy five minutes. His, his name yeah. was just ringing round. So yeah. we're all behind him. Oh, you know, all, I mean, again, all this nonsense online of oh, Bo's not the man. He, you know, he's not used to the championship. It's all nonsense. Just yeah. get, just get behind him. A bit of faith in him. We're 16, I agree. I agree. We're 16 points clear of relegation now, and that's huge progress from last season. Um, Absolutely. You know, the only the only wish I would have is, you know, most of our best players are not our own, are they, at the moment? Um, you know, we've got a lot of loans in there, but I'd like yeah. to at least get Hernandez in and, and, and Taylor in the summer. Um, if we can sign them permanently, that'd be great. Obviously, it depends on if Norwich get relegated, they might want him back. Who knows? I'm not sure if his contract's up, but I'd love him to sign for us. Because for me, he's been the best one out, 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 of the, out of the lot of them, in my opinion. I think he's just brilliant he's, with his with his pace and you know his directiveness and the way he just pass players and the, yeah. way, he, the way he finishes as well. His goals. And, That's it. Uh, really you know, good. According to the statistics on the BBC website, we only had 29% of the game. Now, these stats drive me mad, as you know. But can somebody who watched the game live, I only listened to it on the radio, tell me that that was a true reflection of no. what we did in the game? Because no. I can't believe it. No way. No way, Alan. I don't think it was at all. I think we, we got, I'd say, 50-50. Yeah. Um, I don't know where they got that stat from. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. I saw, I put, I actually put that stat up and thought, I've, I've got the right game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We more than matched, and we have, you know, plenty of possession, plenty of not not clear cut chances, but you know, half chances and so on. Um, I mean, Etheridge was a passenger yeah. for mm. most of the mm. first half. Yeah, um, we looked really comfortable. Mm. No, but so, we've got to give a shout out as well to the fans. What amazing, amazing support! Mm. Oh yeah. Um, that, that video that's circulating of keep on, oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was just that's blues of old. That is that's that's proper old school fans. It's like the old blues were back. It really was. It was um, a real good, almost say like a feel good factor. You know, yeah. You just like, yeah. We, get, we get everyone fit and available, and we could have a good uh, a good end to the season. You know, we could go quite a few games unbeaten and go on a nice run and string a few wins together. Get Chong back in there. Get Deeney back in there. You know, we got Roberts and Mengi to come back in as well. Um, you know, it's not a bad side, you know, when everyone's fit. It's actually difficult to pick the strongest 11 now when everyone's fully fit, I think. It, I mean, it is. It, it, yeah, it is. It's still, still, a con, still a concern, really, that, you know, they're not our players half of them. You no, know that, what I mean? that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, you know, but, it, but, it, but if, we can, if we can get another, another season out of them, you know, we can maybe build on that. Yeah. yeah. We, might, we might get Mengi or Chong back on loan again next season, maybe. Mm. Their contracts yeah. Aren't. Yeah, you know, I think Mengi's got the potential to go, you know, to play for Man United as a regular. To be honest, yeah. uh, is he is he playing tonight? Who's playing? Uh, Chong's in the under twenty threes. Oh, is he? Night, yeah. Ah, right. Okay. And that wisdom as well, the one that we're looking at. Wisdom oh, starting yeah. as well. Yeah, they're both starting. Right. Oh, good, good stuff. They're two 0 down at the minute, but they are. Oh, both right. What was your reaction when you saw the team? Uh, I only feel me pants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
I mean, we was in the, we was in the, you know, uh, me, and, me and my friend Jane, we were in the pub, and uh, yeah, everyone's like, oh god, there's no recognised centre halves and all the rest of it. We did fear the worst. Only two defenders, alone yeah. centre halves, only two defenders. It was just, it was just um, the, the, you know, the effort they put in. It was just fantastic. You, you yeah. wouldn't have thought it was a makeshift back four. You would have thought <laughs> they'd been, they were playing together for weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A real good effort. The difference effort. is the midfield. Uh, uh, it, it's battling back. It, you know they have become part of the defence, and uh, it, it takes the pressure off those players. And that's that's the one thing that stood out for me in the past couple of games. Yeah, we haven't mm. had defenders to put out there, but God, our teams look stronger than ever. But also, yeah. as I'm saying, isn't that your best defence is your attacking play. And mm. when we're attacking, you know, they can't come at us. And that's that's another thing that's just helping us hugely. Mm. Yeah. A couple yeah. of, um, sorry, a couple of early questions coming in for Mick. Um, so one from Dean Maddams. Can you ask Mick about his transfer to Blues? Seem to remember it was a strange transfer with him having to go back to his parent club as he was out on loan. Yeah, uh, just to go back on the, on the Stoke-Birmingham game. It's really interesting listening to you there because we play Stoke on Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, okay. Bit of this, morning, this morning, we, manager, Nathan, myself and all the coaching staff, sat and watched the Birmingham, Stoke-Birmingham game. Mm. Uh, we we decided that Birmingham were the better team. Uh, let's get your name. Alan, who shit his pants. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the stats, you mean they did have more possession, but all it was all in their own half. They were playing around the back. Birmingham mm. dropped off a little bit and had a had what you call a low press and they just let them have the ball and they got them around about the halfway line and they put a bit of a press on them and, and then went after them and took the ball off them the majority of the times and really deserved to win the game. And Mike Taylor did play very well and Nandis is a massive threat. Uh, he went really attacking, the young kid come in and did very, very well and he, he, he played with, with a diamond shape in the first half and when, when they went ahead 2-1, he, he got them back to a... Uh, Four four two. So, mm. I mean, he's he's utilising the team very well at the moment with, with what he's got. So, I always believe Bowie is a great fit for Birmingham going back there, stay by club and absolutely hope he can kick on. But it's really strange that you're talking about the uh, the the game and we were watching it this morning. Yeah. Did you think the first goal was offside for theirs as well, Mick? Stokes right. first. Do you think Stokes first goal was offside? I'm not too sure. He touched it, mate. Uh, uh, Tyrese Campbell. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, wouldn't I only watched it once, but I'm not sure he touched it. Whether, <clears throat> whether, whether he's touched it or not, I mean, he's still interfering the goalkeeper. Is he, is, is he is offside? The second goal is a typical Campbell goal. Uh, he's always going to come on that left foot off the left, off the right side yeah. on the left foot, curl them into the far post. That's yeah. why when we when we play Stoke, we normally play three at the back. So when he yeah. comes inside, there's a centre half there waiting for him. Yeah, we like to do with times and that, you know, and we'll probably do that on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, so now it was really interesting listening to all your comments and all all valid, all valid comments. Uh, you were very attacking and arguably what we saw this morning on on the tape, you're the best team and they deserve to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And coming uh, back the to question, the question is, it's a strange yeah. old question. Uh, the question asked about Bristol City was, when when I signed for Bristol City. Uh, they were in financial trouble, and it's 40 years this week. It is, yeah. Gate eight. The Ashton Gate eight, yeah. I read about that the other day, yeah. yeah. Eight players ripped their contracts up. Uh, 
the likes of uh, Jill Merrick, Trevor Tainton, uh, Chris Garland, net to name, but a few. There's eight, eight senior players who ripped the contracts and stopped the club going into liquidation. So when I when I signed for Blues, Bristol City still owed Newcastle hundred thousand pound of the transfer wow. fee, which I think was about about hundred and eighty grand. So I had to on that same day, I had to sign from Bristol City to Newcastle, then from Newcastle to Birmingham. Right. Uh, right. I actually played for three clubs in one day. Unofficially. It was a bit of a convoluted, uh, convoluted transfer. Yeah. Because of Bristol City still owing Newcastle the money. And then <laughs> not too well in administration, but I know they're in a bit of shit and all that, you know, and uh, financial tr- trouble, and that's why I left. Yeah, yeah, that must oh, be. Oh. I can't imagine that ever happening again, or happened since, has it? Well, I don't think guys, so. Those guys are given ten-year contracts. Mm, yeah, what, yeah. What happened was they, one of their best young players before I got there, got got taken away by I think it was an Arsenal or Tottenham, and the manager wasn't very happy. And he didn't want to lose any more players, so give them all your old ten-year contracts. Um, yeah. And they got the club got themselves into financial trouble. And they, wow. they couldn't, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't, and they would have gone into liquidation if, if the boys hadn't ripped the contracts up. Mm. Yes. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know about the, uh, the Bristol City Eight, it's, it's it's worth a Google. It's uh, an interesting story. Yeah. They were great, they were yeah. great lads, absolutely great lads, very experienced pros, and they taught me a lot whilst I was down there. I was only there 10 months before I signed for Blues. Uh, so it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing club. Well, good luck. Yeah, yeah. And the next, the next comment from um, Calvin, Calvin Hembra, Mick, my late uncle Steve adored you as a player. How much does it mean to you to be loved by a fan base? Great question, that yeah. Well, it does help. It absolutely helps <laughs> a lot. You know, you go, you walk on the pitch there with lots of confidence. Yeah, you know, if if you if the if your fans like you, you you're doing well. So. You're walking on the pitch with confidence. You're going out there. You've got the support of the supporters, and it and it it's massive, really. It's really, really, really helpful. Uh, I've got the same down, same here at Luton. The, the fans have been through the problems I've had lately. The fans have been unbelievable, and they gave me amazing support. I mean, I'm I'm ever so ever thankful for the Blues fans, the way the, the way they treat me, and, and still coming on here now when you. Oh, so, crook, yeah. You're, so, you're very well loved. Absolutely loved, yeah. It's, a, it's an honour, all the, all the football players that's been through Burnley City Football Club, and I uh, appreciate you having me on, but it's massive. It's massive to players, having the fans behind you, the confidence it gives you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Violet yeah. uh, Stone's asking, what does Mick think of the AR, and do you think it's needed in the Championship? I think, I think on the big decisions, maybe on, obviously... The big, they've got the goal line uh, technology in, in the championship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, for oh, this, this is a, it's a real tricky subject. But I, I worked for the Premier League when I was out of work about eight years ago, and I did, I was a delegate for the Premier League. And what I did was, believe it or not, I used to set the referees. Uh, yeah. It was a real, real interesting job. And the referees, you, you'd go in there and on, say Chelsea played Liverpool. You turn up to Chelsea three, four hours before the game, sit with the referees, have a coffee, get to know them. They tell you all the structure, how they're going to work, how they're going to, how they're going to manage the game. 
we either have a tactical analysis about way Chelsea play and Liverpool play. Really, really technical stuff and all I know. Something which I never knew they they actually spoke about. And when some of it went over my head a little bit in terms of how how they how they actually manage the the game as referees and linesmen. Mm-hmm. And whilst I was doing that job, ninety nine percent of their decisions were right. Mm. They didn't get me wrong and all I know. And I take my hat off to them. I know they make mistakes. I know we've got our favourite referees and our our favourite referees we we don't like. But some some of the refereeing was excellent. Some poor decisions on certain days. Mm. But I just think I think VAR now is. It's part of football with the money that's involved in it. It's got to be. It's got. To, they've got to get the decisions right somehow. They use it in tennis. They use it in golf to, to a degree, where they, they look for lies and stuff and all that, you know. And yeah. it, it is. It is used in in some sports. I know it slows the game down. But for me, if you had to choose one one thing for VAR, I think it definitely should be used in goal line technology. One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think so. Mm. When they use the VAR, they don't get it right. Most no. of them don't get it right between them. Especially if you're down Aston and they switch it off. Yeah, what you say there is right because if they would have referred to VAR then to get involved once they weren't sure whether it you know crossed the line or not, um, mm. you know, then that, they should have they should have basically uh, helped to make, shouldn't they? Mm. A yeah. uh, couple of couple of questions. Um, uh, Violet says, "Nick, Mick, you're an absolute legend." Uh, Jason says, uh, "Mick, what's your advice to the younger generation of players?" That's a really good question. Uh, when I was a young player uh, at Lincoln City, I remember my my first training, one or two first training sessions. I remember stood next to a boy called Dennis Booth. I don't know if you remember Dennis Booth. He played for Hall in Lincoln and. He's a real, real good player. He was he was one of Graham Taylor's proteges. Uh, real knowledge of the game. And he, I was playing the midfield then, and he said to me, he said, Mick, what, what are you running around all over the place for? He said, he said just fucking stand still. And I said, why don't you... He said, why don't you piss off and all that, you know? And, uh, and, I haven't got my buttons in And uh, whenever, whenever I see Dennis now, I say, Dennis, I'm really sorry about that about what I said to you. I take it all back. You give me the best bit of advice anyone's ever given me. So my advice to young players is listen to the senior players. Listen to the people who've been there, seen it and done it and, and heed their advice and make sure you look after yourself. Yeah. Do you have, yeah. To, do you have to, give, you give that advice to your players at Luton, mate? Try to, yeah. Try to. Try to show some of them the dark arts and all that. You know, as, uh, as you know, they're still yeah. in football somehow. Yeah. Well, no, we, we we try and we try and uh, you know we, we we like to think we've got have a reputation of, of buying players and and then turn them into better players and selling them or making them better and improving them and that's our aim when we sign the players to improve them. Which is mm-hmm. the yeah. yeah. Mick, there's a couple of uh, comments coming in. One one of them just uh, wondering if you uh, if you well you should remember, but uh, comment around a, a certain Sam Allardyce giving you uh, a, a whopping great smack into the face and uh, splitting your lip. A couple of comments on that and one person in particular asking, did you want to go and get him afterwards? <laughs> well, I mean, I still carry the scars for that uh, for that challenge. A guy I had uh, it, was a real, it was a really horrific 
day that was. I never forget it. it was it was on uh, it was on bonfire night, believe it or not, fifth of November. Oh, what year? Yes. Uh, but Kevin Broders played a ball around the corner, and I've turned one after it. And the next thing I knew, I've woke up. I've woke up on the pitch. I've woke up, and I spat somewhere out my mouth. And I was lying there. I thought I spat my tongue out, and I blacked out. And I saw, I saw, I saw Trevor Peak. I saw Trevor Peak. That's the first one I saw. And I blacked out again. Then the next thing I knew, I was going down the tunnel. In those days, used to go down the halfway line and down the back of the stand to the dressing rooms. So next thing, and I woke up, then I blacked out again. The next thing I know, I'm in, I'm in the ambulance with the, with the alarm bells going, going to hospital, then I blacked out again. And bizarrely enough, the next thing I know, I'm lying in the hospital in the bed and I've still got my kit on, still got my blues kit on, still got my boots on. There's a load of blood down the front of me. I've got no pain whatsoever, feel okay, not a headache, anything. And I said to the nurse, I said, what's going on here? She said, oh, she said, you've, uh, she said, you've got a bit of a problem. I said, what is it? She said, oh, well, and I, as I started to speak, my lip was, because my lip was messed up and all that, you know, and uh, she said, oh, we're going to operate on seven o'clock. I said, okay, is it that bad? She went, yeah, do you want to have a look? I said, no, no, I don't want to have a look. And it had gone clean through. It had gone clean through, Sam, Sam had, Sam had whacked me and it, it, my lip went clean through and broke my nose and my teeth dropped down a little bit, all my gums were shattered and everything, you know. And uh, and uh, the first person to come in with my clothes was Howard Gale. Uh, he come walking in with my clothes before I had my operation. So uh, he, he got away from the ground pretty quickly. Then a lady come in to visit the person on the next bed and she looked at me and fainted. <laughs> and <laughs> ain't, ain't that bad. So, so Sam did get me. He caught me a beauty. Uh, and about four or five years later, we were playing Huddersfield in the cup. I was playing for Luton. Sam was playing for Huddersfield. And I vowed always to try and get him back. And I spoke to Brian Steen. I said, Steen, you just leave this one to me. And I, I threw elbows and arms and elbows and <laughs> tried to clap from here and there. And I did catch him once. It was just a trickle of blood come down the forehead. And all, all he was saying to me, he said, I know why you're coming after me. I know why you're coming after me. But but since I've spoke to Sam and all that in the past, and I've met him, I spoke to him at dinners and uh, LMA meetings and stuff and all that, you know, and that's the way it was in those days. You you went to war a little bit and uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say we're friends, but... You know, we, I believe you never even got a yellow card as well, is no? the comments that are coming from. Wow. No yellow oh, card my for that. <laughs> Are you sure the woman who fainted when she saw you in the bed wasn't just starstruck? Uh, <laughs> Recognising my lip all over the place. So, 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 so if that's the, if that's the case, do you do you think that your reputation as a, as, a, as somebody who went in hard was is just? Well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say. Listen, I I I don't class myself. People say to me, "Oh, Mick, you're the hardest player." This uh, I I don't class myself as that. I I class myself as quite brave. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd put my head and challenge a bit like Robert Hopkins, really. Mm. Brave, he put he'll go anywhere, he'll go into any tackle, go into any challenge. Uh, and I wasn't frightened to do to do that, you know. And I got I got cuts and bruises, but I give a few out, you know. And so that that was what that was. I would I would class myself as a brave footballer, not not hard. I, I wasn't I wasn't hard. I wasn't hard. And what 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 was your favourite away ground to play at me? What would you 
which, which ground did you enjoy the most going to to play? Uh, well, uh, my first ever away game for Birmingham was at Liverpool. Wow. Uh, Baptism. Board, yeah. Yeah, one nil up. We just beat Brighton on the Saturday. We played Liverpool on the Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and I scored from about 25 yards. And I'd always wanted to play at Liverpool. That was the first time I'd ever played there. And to see the cop and those red shirts, it was... I, I, I loved Liverpool. I'd yeah. Loved, mm. loved the atmosphere. Uh, it was the challenge playing against what was such a good team. Uh, I, I, I really loved playing up at Anfield, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm all right. You went and played for Wimbledon for a while, yeah? I did, yeah. yes, yeah. Is it is it true you're the only player that didn't take any liberties with the crazy gang? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they what what they did in, in the hotel room they 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 put some fish in my bed and all that you know and put some, <laughs> put, some put some raw fish in my bed but they 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 never really they never really come near me they were a bit scared of me. Vinny was my best mate at the time. He's my mind that Vin was. Yeah. Here's a question from uh, from Dean uh, Madams. He says, uh, "Did it take take Mick a while to adjust from Blues Grass to uh, the Luton Plastic?" Mm. When, when I went to Luton, we we were on grass. Oh, was it? Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh well, was it? Just... we were on grass for for about two years, I think, before we changed oh, right. plastic. So uh, yeah. you know, it was really strange. The plastic pitch was a massive advantage to us. Uh, you know, we we had some real good players at Luton with respect to every other club, you know. But when I went to Luton and signed for Birmingham, we had some you know, Luton Luton were down the bottom of the league, and and how they were down the bottom of the league, I I don't know, but I do know because they needed a bit of strength and they needed a bit of a spine, and they bought Steve Foster and they bought myself and they bought Peter Nicholas, they bought a young lad David Priest from Walsall who was a fantastic player. Then they started winning games one nil and. Uh, and we just we just had a, a real good team of real technical players, uh, Ricky Hill, Brian Steen, Mal Donaghy, real good players who could adjust again to plastic. So and in that season, believe it or not, our, our away rock record was just as good as our home home record with the plastic pitch on the first time we had it down. Because you, yeah. you won the cup, you won the league cup, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we won the league cup in '88. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We beat yeah. Arsenal three two then. Following you, we went back and we lost to Forest. You scored there, didn't you, Mick? Scored in the second game, yeah. Yeah, scored in the second one. What was that like, Mick? Scoring at Wembley? That was amazing, wasn't it? Even though you lost the game. Yeah, yeah, it's your dream. It's your dream, you know, to to play at Wembley, just just to play there. You know, I was was there in 73 as a Sunderland fan and go back as a player, as a professional footballer. It's it's your your ultimate dream, really. Yeah. Score there. It's, It's... it's what dreams are made of, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, and they won the Football League trophies, are they? Luton. Is that, were you there when they won that? I was a manager. Oh, you was a manager, of course. Oh, yeah. That's the year we were ducted 30 points yeah. for illegal uh, fees going into bank accounts and, and for going into administration uh, by the Football Association. So we were ducted 30 points. That year we got relegated into the conference. Uh, yeah. uh, which is well, about 10 years ago now and we stayed in the conference for, for for five years I left the club when we went in the conference uh, 
But in that season, on that relegation season, we won what was called the Johnson's Paint Trophy then. It was, yeah. 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 We won that trophy. And uh, there was 40,000 fans at the... At the uh, yeah. At Wembley, yeah. So hats off to the to the fans. That must have, that must have been a proud moment as well, uh, leading the team on. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, in, in in such such sad circumstances, really. You yeah. Know? yeah, we we were we were going to get relegated maybe two weeks later, uh, and it's just sad circumstances that we we won a trophy, then we were getting relegated out of the football league. Yeah, yeah. Good one here from Jason McDonough. He said, "Has Mick got any funny stories or pranks while at Blues? You can tell us about." Well. I've got a few, but I wasn't I wasn't really part of uh, those boys who used to go out every Saturday night up to up to town and uh, in, in places and all that, you know. And I, I'd occasionally join them now and again, and you know you're always going to have a bit of trouble. But what what what, what we what we believed in and what I believe in is the uh, is is the team. The team must have uh, got to have a bit of team spirit and you have got to have a bit of uh, camaraderie and all that. And Blues had it in loads, loads. You mean it was. The spirit there, the camaraderie, the togetherness was unbelievable. Yeah. We were playing, it was pre-season. In pre-season, you play a game, the manager lets you have a little drink and you go out and have a drink the next day after a game. So we were playing in Arnhem, by Arnhem Bridge or whatever it was called. And uh, we, we played someone, I can't remember what the score was. And it was about nine, ten o'clock at night. Uh, and we had the next day off. So the boys having a couple of beers and all that. Now, Ron's called me up to, up to the... Uh, up to the his room, he said, Mick, he said, we've had an offer from QPR. I said, okay. He said, you've got your flights are booked, you've got your tickets, we've accepted the money, we want you to go. So well, what for and all that? He said, ah, oh, Mick, we don't think you're the same player since you had that incident with Sam Allardyce. I said, look, Ron, if you don't want me to go, blah, blah, if you want me to go, that's fine, I understand and all that, you know. I said, and I said to him, I said, what do you think I should ask for? He said, ask for 500 quid and 25 grand a year signing on. He said, your flight's at 10 o'clock next morning. So I went to bed, and I swear to God, I got I went down into the uh, into the bar in the hotel bar, and the lads are still in the hotel bar from the night before, having a drink. So they've been what? up all night. They've been up all night, <laughs> and I got the flight. I got the flight over to London, went to uh, went to QPR, had a meeting with them. Alan Murray was the manager. Uh, sat with him about an hour. I said, look, I, me, me manager's told me to ask for this, 500 quid a week, 25 grand a year sign on. He rings the chairman, Jim Gregory, oh, no, no, Mick, we can't do that and all that. And I puts the phone down. He said, look, he's not going to agree with it. I said, OK, I'm going back. I swear to God, not a word of a lie. I got back into, got back into the hotel about five o'clock and the lads were still in the bar. Oh, name and shame, Mick. And was name still, and oh, shame. Tony Kelton, Harry Roberts, Jim... Jim Blythe, Pat Van der Now, all oh, that, yeah. you know, Les Phillips. Uh, I would have thought Tony Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim yeah. Leading it. Honestly, they, and they were sat in the same seats. Couldn't believe it. I <laughs> 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 uh, wonder if Tony no Cohen put his hand in his pocket. No, I doubt it. All right, Mick, how are you doing? All that. Come and have a drink. All that. So I had a couple of beers. And, uh, so, in, in a way, I was quite pleased, to be honest with you. That never happened. <laughs> uh, enough, they they did have a plastic pitch then. Oh uh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shane says uh, your bravery will help you in your latest battle, Mick. Uh, you beat his. How, how is your health now, uh, Mick? Well, I, I was diagnosed just before Christmas. Uh, yeah. Christmas before 20, 2020. 20, 
Yeah. Uh, like 15, 16 months ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, got the total shock of my life, absolutely bold from the blue. You know what, you know, us men are like. We think we're invincible. We think we can we can get through everything and that, you know, and you and if and, and I got I got a real shock, real shock. So the first thing I did was I started changing my lifestyle, changed, yeah. stopped drinking, I stopped uh, I started eating proper food, well healthy food, so to speak, a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Uh then I started on the medication. So you go on the medication for about four, five, six months. So you're on that then. Then you start on your on your radiotherapy, which lasts about lasts about two and a half months. So I've done all that. I've done all the I've done all the radiotherapy. I've come through that, uh, which is not very pleasant. Uh, I'm still on the medication for the next eighteen to twenty months, but my numbers are good. Uh, numbers are good. I've I've a blood test every month. Uh, I'm back in there next next March sixteenth for my six monthly injections. Which is injection, just leave it in there and let the let it drip in there. And my PSA number is good. Uh, and the reason why you guys know about it, and, and I'd love to see it to you, if you do have the symptoms, please, please get tested. Is that as a football club we decided, and I decided to, along with Nathan and Gary Sweet, to make the public because I was going to start missing games, and people would ask where I was, and I said, well. Why not, why not, let's take this opportunity to try and get the word out there and raise awareness. So, that's, that's so, how, so how, did, how did you find out? I hope you don't mind me asking you, Mick. Well, how, the, the symptoms, the symptoms. Yeah, were, yeah. I'd get up three, four times a night uh, okay. for a wee, uh, at least three, four times a night. If you went to the toilet in the daytime, which was quite a hell of a lot, you'd you'd have a wee, then you'd then you'd two minutes later you go back again and just have the same kind of wee. The wee flow wasn't very good. It was really dribbling out here. Sometimes you, you stand there for five to ten minutes waiting for it to come out, and you and you and you're dying for a wee, you know. So it was just then, just just that that, that they are the symptoms. Not not mm. no pain, not, no pain, not not like that, you know. Just trying to trying to get the get the get the urine out of you, basically out of your body. And if it starts then, that it, it doesn't start to come out, then then you have problems. And did it did it hit you straight away? Oh, something wrong here. I oh, need yeah, to get this yeah. sorted. Or did you do the man thing? Thought, oh, it'll it'll go away. Well, I'd had a, I'd had a uh, I'd had a consultation about twelve months before, maybe longer, and they said to me there is a little bit of information there, but they said you're fine, you're okay, just carry on. So I did have some information there, but they nothing was detected. So I think, but from from that time, I think they missed something. So. 15, 18 months on, I, I think I, I, was, I had cancer. So then I got tested again, and the cancer had spread from my prostate into my groins, into my lymph nodes. Uh, and that's, that's, so they, they couldn't really do anything about it apart from the medication and the radiotherapy. But I'm, I'm in a good place. I feel, I feel good now. I've, I can say, you look, you look fancy. You look just the same. Yeah, <laughs> you, well, look, yeah. you look incredible. Yeah, you, you have a good and bad days. But I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I really appreciate you asking, and, and yeah. uh, I hope you don't mind. No, not at all. I, I'll yeah. help as many people. Uh, yeah. as well, you know? yeah. I'm sure yeah. everyone here and all of our viewers, Mick, that we all wish you all the best with uh, with what yeah, lies ahead. Yeah, absolutely. That's really kind of you. Really, really kind and appreciate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not not just not just empty words either. We do we do mean it. You know. Yeah, yeah. We do. We love you to bit the blues. So. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, crikey, you're so well loved at Mick, honestly. <laughs> Blues. Yeah. Can't believe it. Yeah, oh, the fans oh, the fans still love you, yeah. Yeah, oh, crikey, yeah. Yeah, two games you're, have come well. up on uh, quite a few occasions, questions before the show and also tonight as well. And those two games are massive as far as the club were concerned. Those games at Southampton and Coventry. Coventry, what what do you remember about those games and what what stood out really about them all and, and you know, I suppose at the end of it, what what was it like to be in that dressing room? Well, yeah. I'd like to say, and of course you're on here and you're fans of Birmingham City and you've been loyal for years and years. Is I, I still watch that video now and again, <laughs> one especially. Uh when he and Andy sides, God rest his soul, he bends the gaze the wrong way and crosses the ball and I head it in and I run towards that side of the pitch and you guys are going mental and all that, you know, and it's an unbelievable video and the scenes and the, the scenes is incredible. Absolutely. Oh. And it was the same down in Southampton, you know, down, down in Southampton where really Hoppy should have scored up. He had a marvellous chance header. I think Shilton made a good save, come back off the post and, and, I, and I volleyed it in and just the crowd reaction and the reaction you got, you can... You know, the support the, the, the Blues fans used to give me and, other, and all the lads, you know, it was, it was immense. That, that, that was the thing that stands out for me. Mm. Yeah. Did you have your own song, me? Did, did Blues fans have a song for me? I think when I left, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep the swearing out of you. You, 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 didn't you. you came back as a Luton player and scored again. I think we went down in the end that year. You, you came back and scored against us, didn't you? I'll never forget that game. Uh, came back. The game was played on a Sunday. That's right, yeah. We played on a Sunday and we won 2-0 and I scored two. Oh, you brought us right back down now. We hate that. The following week, I was, I was chosen for the England squad the following week. So, well, if you get two against Birmingham, you've yeah, got to get in the England yeah, yeah. squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I uh, remember vividly, absolutely remember it, yeah. Yeah, it must have been a proud moment for you, Mick, getting your first England cap. And yeah. It's two England caps you got, was it? Two. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. two, two caps. Who were they against, Mick? Uh, one was against Israel. In Israel, Israel, yeah. And one was in Denmark at Wembley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it... someone said earlier it should have been a lot more than two caps. Um... Well, I, I, was, I was in the squad for quite a while. I never got on the pitch on, on a lot of games. I sat on the bench and... Uh, I mean, it was really bizarre, you mean, when you look back. And my, my debut, uh, strangely enough, Des Walker made his. Des Walker was on the bench as a young kid. What a player he was. Gazza yeah. was on the bench that night. Yeah. And we, I, I was 28 then. I mean, and and there, there were the up and coming players, the star players coming through and all that, you know. Yeah. So I trained with Gazza and, and uh, my big pal when I was in the England. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This one was, was Chrissy Waddle because I played him at Newcastle. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to put this out there as well, if I may. Now, there's been some great news today. I don't know if anyone's heard, but Masters football's coming back, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I saw that. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, um, Come on, Mick, get your boots on. It's been yeah. away for seven years, and it's something I've absolutely... I used to love it all the time. Um, and yeah, yeah. You played in something, didn't you, back in the... Um, back, was, when was it? Now, what did, what did, we, what did Blues play in? Did Mick play in... Yeah, the, the, the Soccer Six. six. Soccer Six. Soccer Six, yeah. yeah we won it yeah. two, two yeah. or three times, I think. Yeah. I think it was Atari Soccer Sixes, I think. That's right, I still got the winner's medal downstairs. ジュニアはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいは
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. The rough end. The rough end. The rough end yeah. here. Anyway, <laughs> 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 the uh, uh, Mark, me and Mark Dennis went out there one night. Me and Mark Dennis, his wife and my missus, we went out one night, and we come back and we got in about three o'clock in the morning. So we're in the house having a drink. And I'd got a new lawnmower, one of those new lawnmowers. So I said to Mark, I said, come on, we've cut the grass. <coughs> Get the lawnmower, I'm cutting the grass at three o'clock in the morning. One of those electric mowers are making a load of noise and all that, you know. And uh, anyway, put it away. No one said a word. And about two years later, two years later, I'd moved out of there. And Keith Birchin had moved into the, uh, moved into the road. Keith Birchin knocks on the door and all that, you know, introduced himself to the neighbours and all that, you know. And uh, he said, oh, what's the neighbours like round here? He said, oh, they're, they're fine, they're fine, the neighbours are fine, the neighbours are great round here. Except we used to have a bloke across there. We used to cut his grass at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, he's gone now, so it's nice and quiet round here. Won't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Shane says um, how did Mick's family feel about him scoring for Blues at Roker Park and you scored a hat-trick against them for Derby yeah yeah well I was I was really delighted it's not it's like it's not like nowadays where you don't celebrate and all that you know yeah, yeah. I think you celebrate more when you scored against your old club uh, I never I never forget those days never forget those games at Roker Park brilliant to go up there I think it's I think Blake scored a penalty, uh, and I scored in the last minute, uh, far post header as usual, uh, and we won two yeah. one. Mark Prudhoe was in goal, believe it or not, at the time. Mm. So now it was uh, re- really enjoyed scoring at Roker Park, and when I was playing for Derby, we played Sunderland in the, I think it was a quarter final of the League Cup or fifth round of the League Cup, and we were we were actually four nil up at half time, five nil up at half time, and. Wow. Uh, I scored a hat trick before half time uh, at the Sunderland end where all the fans were and all that, you know, and they give me a bit of abuse. So, I'd, and I'd scored a hat trick before half time, header, left foot, and right foot, the perfect hat trick. So, wow, pardon? I was gonna say, back then, you weren't allowed to, you didn't keep the ball then when you got a hat trick, did you? Uh, I can't remember, I had that many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they, uh, it was, it was, it was different then. You celebrated then, didn't you? You celebrated, you had to yeah. Celebrate going to goal, you, you saw the fans going mental, and that, that got you going and all that, you know. So, no, no, it didn't, it didn't bother me celebrating goals against my old teams, and I definitely remember that uh, that game at Sunderland at uh, Little Park. Yeah, and, and let's do, but let's do two actually, Mick. Who's the best player? Would you say you played with the Blues, and the best player you played with in your whole career? The best player I played with the Blues, and I'm not saying it because he's my mate, is Tony Coulton. I know he's yeah. a goalkeeper, but everyone knew how good he was and how good he was going to be. Yeah. Uh, when Tony left, when Tony left, I mean, I was, I was good. I, I wasn't there very long, but we be, we become big pals. And the the biggest uh, biggest compliment I can give to TC was that when he left, we signed David Seaman. He was our next goalkeeper, and David David was a great goalkeeper. But yeah. he's at that that stage in his career, he was nowhere near Tony Coton in terms of he, is he ready to play for England and all that. Obviously, he went on to be an England England great goalkeeper, 
But I just think uh, Tony was hampered by his reputation, uh, what happened to Birmingham, his reputation round round the town and all that, you know, and get himself into trouble and all that. I think I think that hampered his career, one hundred percent. Taylor, when he went to Waffle, was magnificent, magnificent for him. I mean, he mm. he, uh, he stood up in court for him a couple of times, uh, Graham Taylor. Mm. So, uh, yeah. and what was the next one? The best player I played with in your whole career, yeah. Well, that's, it's a real tough one, but I, I a lot of people ask me that question. It's a real, real tough one, and I, I would say the best team I ever played in was the Luton team when I first come to Luton. Then we grew as a team, and I was in the team for in the team for about four or five years. So we yeah. grew, and it was a bit of a golden period for Luton. And I played with some great players: Mal Donaghy, uh, Brian Steen. Then I mean, I, I don't like mention it, but when you play with the England boys like Robson and Gazza and uh, Waddle and Lineker and Beardsley and yeah. all that, you know. But the biggest influence me of, from a from a club point of view was Steve Foster. Okay, yeah. yeah. Steve Foster wasn't wasn't the greatest player ever, but what he did was he got the dressing room together, he got us all together, and he he was a he was an amazing captain. Did he used to wear a head? Did he used to wear a headband? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wore a headband, and he was he was a fantastic captain. Uh, he played for England twelve times, went to the World Cup, so he was now mug, and he was just a proper defender, proper man. We yeah. we'd have nights out. He makes sure we all stuck together. Everything was organised and planned, and he was just a good, good captain and, and a good and a good player. So yeah. for me, it'd have to be positive. obviously there was a lot more players who were more technical than him and better footballers. But on the field, and he played with injuries. I'd see him, I'd see him with pins in his through his wrist and all like now bandaged mm. up and cut eyes and stuff. And as you can't play, I said I'll be all right. And he, and he put himself out there. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. And uh, see, you wouldn't see that again. Yeah, no. who's your hardest? Who's your? Um, who would you say the best players you've ever played against? Like, who was your toughest ever opponent? Again, I get asked this quite a lot, and and, and when I when I answer the question, I mean, I try and just think about all the players who you you, you played against. Obviously, you look into the top division, and you look at Butcher and Osman, and you look at O'Leary and Adams, and you look at but uh, and you look at. I mean, the Man United boys, uh, Steve Bruce and Gary Pallister. Then yeah. You've got Alvin Martin and Tony Gale. And I mean, every, I mean, there's some amazing footballers, amazing players. And even, hey, you know, I'm going to mention Kim McNaughton and all that, you know, at Villa and that, you know, playing yeah. against those boys. They're tough boys and all that, you know. But the one who, the one who gave me a hard time and who I thought he's a brilliant footballer, brilliant player, and a and really, really good bloke as well, and tough as nails. and He's the only one who's left one on me apart from Sam Allardyce. And I thought, I can know, this is a tough game. Always found it to be a tough game. Was, was, oh, it was Paul McGrath. I thought Paul McGrath was, oh, a, yeah. was a brilliant, brilliant centre-half, you know. Could yeah. do a bit of everything. He had a bit of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a certain Paul Devlin has just said, uh, Big Mick, <laughs> one of my heroes along with Tony Coates. So, uh, obviously, oh, yeah. uh, it was a young Devlin, wasn't it, that went to uh, see yourself and... Yeah, they play for us uh, in them days. And another, another one about the, you know, I mean, it, it was easy for me to pick my best friend as as the goalkeeper, as the best player. I, I thought of, but, but the one who, you know, and I, I'm not just going to say because he's everyone's hero, and he, he is a, he has got, he has got blue blood, 
the way Hoppy Hoppy was oh yeah the way yeah. He, the love and the passion he had for for the football yeah. club and he he took us along the road Hoppy you know he brought us he brought us with him and all that you know and he brought me along there and that's I, I mean that's why I love Birmingham City I love the fans I love the club and he 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 he, he he got me into it, you know. He really got me into it. So, Oppie's a big influence on me when I was at Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. And Alan, what are your best memories from days from that era as a fan? Uh, a goal against Tottenham. Again, we were in trouble. Uh, Edder on the far post, home game. They sure we needed to win, and we did. I think that was, uh, yeah, that was a yeah. I remember important that game. goal. I think it was at White Hart Lane, actually. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I still, I, I flick through the videos now and again. And I think <laughs> I, I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I think because it was on match of the day that game. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, far past the usual. I've got a question here, and maybe you can correct correct me if it's wrong. Uh, but um, Anthony Garvey says, uh, "Did Mick score an own goal for Derby versus Luton that helped keep Luton up?" I did, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. That's why, that's why they like me down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we were playing, Derby were playing Luton on, a, on the plastic pitch. Derby, Derby season was over, basically. Uh, Luton had to win to stay up. And I'll never forget that they had a free kick about 35, 40 yards out in, in the left wing position. And a young kid called Jason Reese took it, who used to clean my boots, believe it or not, when I was at Luton. And I've gone for a header... I was in that zone, you know, that front post zone. Yeah. Yeah, and it's skimmed off the top of my head and it's gone over Schiltz. Schilt, Peter Shilton was in goal. And I always said to, I always said to Peter, you can't get off the ground, you. You can't even move, you know. He's, so I blame Schilt for that one. He had, he had the old lead boots on that day. But it didn't do me even more to the Luton Town fans. So, no, it's... Uh, it was, and, and Luton stayed up that day. Yeah. Can I say to put in, Chris? It's really interesting you were talking about uh, Schultz there, Mick, because did he ever mention to you anything about that World Cup game? Because a lot of people said he should have, um, you know, he shouldn't have let Maradona out jumping for that handball. I know I if he ever mentioned it. He never mentioned that 50 quid he owes me. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mick, Mick uh, somebody just said, have you got any memories from the Blues versus Villa games? Because you did play, you did play in a couple, did you play? Yeah, I played enough games at the Villa Park, yeah. Oh, right, okay, when, yeah. Uh, when it all kicked off, yeah, yeah. When Blakey missed the penalty and oh, yeah, everyone it, yeah. got stuck in and I think someone looked at Steve McMahon and, and it all kicked off and Blake, I think Blakey got sent off, was it? Oh, right, okay. Oh, but it doesn't surprise us. <laughs> and, uh, I remember we... we uh, it was raining, really, really terrible rain. The game should have been abandoned, really. Uh, Villa Park. And I remember the ball stuck in the water and Peter Wiss knocked it through Tony's legs and he scored in, in the far end. And it's all kicked off and everyone's arguing. And anyway, go, we, at Villa Park, you have to go up the stairs. There's really rickety old stairs in the dressing room. And I chased that Colin Gibson up the stairs. And I got into the dressing room. I was chasing them around. I was chasing them around their dressing room. <laughs> all, all their players were sat. All their players were sat down. Never, never even moved. Never, never moved like you want? Okay. You want to say congratulate him? Did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I want to say. <laughs> the, boys, the boys dragged me out just as well. Yeah. Oh, great, great times. Have you kept? <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, have you, have you kept any mementos from your days at Blues, mate? Have you got any old shirts or anything? I've got my my. Uh, I've got loads and loads of scrapbooks. 
loads mm. of scrapbooks and uh, all the memories and the, the paper clippings. My mother, uh, my mother before she died, she 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 collected everything, all the papers, everything from all mm. every game, every clipping, and all in books, all in the loft. Yeah, so I've got all that to all all that to look back on. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Yeah, um, quite a few people asking after Nick, and uh, I just thought I'd let everyone know that he did join us before we came live, and uh, yeah. he's just coughing quite a bit at the moment. So yeah, probably not to join us tonight because uh, no, 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 no. might be on the edit button a bit too much. But he seems okay, doesn't he? To be fair, he's not. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's just coughing yeah. a lot, and he didn't. Re- he didn't really want to upset the broadcast, so he decided to. Well, we decided he was pretty useless. Give him a rest, you know what I mean? I think he was just I think he was just gasping for whiskey, well, to be honest. I mean, what I meant was give us a rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so should we come on to mix one to eleven now? Oh yes. Let's upset some people. So yeah, so what we've asked you to do, Mick, obviously is to pick your strongest eleven of blues players that you played with for us and uh well, over to you. Um what formation we played? Uh, four three three four five one, whatever you want to call it. Okay. In uh, goal was quite easy, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, you can imagine that was uh, quite easy. I uh, when I first met uh, this guy, I always knew when I seen him in training. It went, I went. I went to a few clubs. I went to Birmingham. I went to Derby. I went to uh, an, another. Uh, sorry, I came to Luton and. I, I thought they had the wrong goalkeepers in, in goal when when it, when he'd been trained for two or three days. After two or three days, I thought Jeff Whelan should be in Tony's position and Tony should be in goal. And the same when I went to Derby. Peter Schilt has been a world-class goalkeeper uh, and the young lad should have been in goal. Peter's time was up and all that now. So when I come to Birmingham, I thought, how, how, come, he, how come he's not in goal then? He got his chance, obviously, and he, he, he took it and... He went on to be a real, real top goalkeeper. Really, he's my best friend. He's a really funny guy. Uh, yeah. Really, really, really good character. Uh, had, a, had a great time in the game, and uh, just, a, just a, arguably for me, one of one of the best ever goalkeepers to play for. Blue yeah, we had him on a we had him on a couple of months ago as well, mate. Yeah. So he kept I, telling I, us about his book. He kept yeah. telling us about his book all the time. He kept telling yeah. us. About <laughs> no, no, ready. <laughs> Oh yeah, I can say that's that's three of us. <laughs> did you get a mention though, Mick? That's the question. If you yeah, got in yeah, his book, that's yeah. fine. But did you get in? Uh, a little bit now, now and again, yeah. Only if you owe him money. <laughs> uh, right back, right back. This player was Irish. He was, uh, in my opinion, one of the best fullbacks in, in around at the time. Very marauding character. Great lad in the dressing room. Uh, fantastic footballer. Uh, Give his heart and soul to every training session, every game, and he knocked that ball. He'd run down the line and cross it. And fortunate, I was fortunate enough to get on the end of a few of his crosses. That's David Langan, mm-hmm. yeah, who I, who I believe was a top top fullback. He lost caps for Ireland. I don't know if you remember him. You guys? Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yeah. very much so. He's he's actually been he's been on the show as well a couple of years yeah, ago. Langer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Langer, yeah. He's, he's he's fell out a bit. Fell out of love a bit with the game, though. Yeah, I think mm. I think he's he had ill health, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not very healthy. He's had a bit of hard time and that, you know. And yeah, yeah. years ago, we went, we had a testimonial for him down at Oxford, <laughs> and uh, Jim Smith was one of our managers, so we had oh, a really yeah. good laugh and a really good time, and we just raised some money for Dave, you know. And uh, the oh, top man, he's been in touch with me since I was poorly, so 
Really? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's great, great, great fullback though. And and the thing is, speaking to him so softly spoken, you think this can't be David Langham. <laughs> you can obviously tell how young I look. These are a bit before my time, but I'd yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard a lot. I have heard a hell of a lot about you know all of them, all of these. Yeah, black- yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I had a photo with David Lang when I was about four. I think it was like an open day. I was about four, and there's a photo of me, you know, me with him. So yeah. I have to yeah. dig it out. Yeah. yeah, great, great play. I remember, I remember one game I played, and we played Liverpool on the in the League Cup uh, on a Tuesday night. We drew one each at St Andrews. It was a real muddy evening, and and that you know, and it was those days when I mean, you, you, there was there was extra time. I think we I scored Langy crossed. I got on a near post and. Scored a diving header. Then I remember I stood behind Sue Ness and Sue Ness has stuck one right in the top corner. Uh, I thought, oh, what a goal that is. Then we did the extra time. Then that was a Tuesday. And on a Thursday, we went to Anfield and played a replay. We got big 1 0 up there. Phil Neal scored the goal. And on the Saturday, we, we were playing again. You mean, and the, the complaint about playing games nowadays. Yeah. We played Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday in, in yeah. one. Yeah, so uh, uh, the next player who was uh, when when I first come to Birmingham, I just thought he was just a just a real real steady Eddie, you know, real steady Eddie, really quiet lad. Didn't really didn't really. He's a bit of a dark horse, really, and uh, and he, he he changed my my opinion when he when he went to Everton and all that. You know, he 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 he's the first one to leave, and I thought he'd be the last one to leave the football club. But so I just thought he's a steady Eddie. But when you put him in certain positions and he defended really well. He edited it. He was brave. He was he was a good talker, and that was Pat Van der Yeah, Pat Van der who who made his career as a left back and a right back when he went to Everton. Yeah, when I first come to to Birmingham. He was playing centre half, uh, and I, I just I just thought he was a real real cool customer and all that you know, and real real calm and influence. Mm-hmm. Well, until he got off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get to know him? At, did you get to know him at all? Um, Not really. No, he's a bit. Dark. Uh, was he? Was he? He was friendly with Kevin Dillon. That's who he was friendly with. Oh right. Okay. Travel in from Yardley. They both lived in Yardley and they'd come in together. Uh, and he was a real, real deep fella. Real deep fella. Deep, deep as the ocean. Pat was, yeah. Really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Psycho Pat, as Anthony Garvey just says. Yeah. <laughs> well. He's not as mad as the next one I'm going to tell you all about. <laughs> Mark Dennis. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mark, Mark, in my opinion, should and, should and could have played for England quite easily. Most definitely. I think before I arrived at the club, he'd had, an, he'd had a knee injury. But even when I turned up, he was still a fantastic footballer, fantastic left-back. You know, he put the ball on the sixpence, get forward, defend... And you know everyone knows he had that nasty streak and all that you know, and he loved the challenge and he loved getting into trouble. Uh, never forget one day when we were training. One day, he, uh, I was driving out the training ground, and saw this. He was on he was on the the lawnmower, the big lawnmower that cut the grass, driving up Damson Lane. And I, said, I said, Mark, where are you going? And I I, I, went, I drove up the side of him. Well, my window down. I said, Mark, what are you doing? He went, I'm taking it home. I'm going to cut the grass and I'm going to take it around the cricket club and, and, and get the square all organised for Sunday. 
said, are you sure? <laughs> said, well, no, you take. She said, no, I'm not taking the back. I said, oh, that's it, it's mine now. I said, no, bring <laughs> round at the roundabout and take it back so you get yourself into trouble. He said, no, 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 he said, no, no. Anyway, I said, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> he, uh, he then took, took me tomorrow and about two or three days later, the, the, the club had got wind of it, you know, Keith Bradley. And don't forget, Keith Bradley, the uh, youth team coach, started asking questions about it. And he said, did you see Mark take that loan? I said, no, nah, no, nah, not me. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> asking the like so I told him, I said, Mark, they got wind of it. You better do something. So he didn't bring it back. You know, you know what he did? He drove it into Solly Old Park and put it in the lake. No. <laughs> Put it in the lake, yeah. You <laughs> Hopefully, he got out of it first. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Crazy, that's some crazy players. Oh, uh, mad, mad. Oh, I could tell, I could tell you a few stories about Mark. What a character! Absolutely. Right side, uh, number seven is Robert Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, on the right side of a three-man three man midfield or a five-man midfield, whatever you want to call it. But Hoppy, Hoppy epitomised what Birmingham City is all about, in my opinion. Absolutely. <clears throat> passion, desire, loyalty, real honesty about him. And no many, he, he absolutely loved the club. And he, he was, his stories used to hear about when he played for the youth team and the Villa then getting the bus over to watch Blues in the afternoon. It just, and he was, when he signed for Birmingham, it was the, it was the best day of his life. It was the best day of his life. And he, he treasured every moment he trained and he, he absolutely loved and he had a passion for the football club. Like, like I've never seen a player have for any football club. Had a massive passion for the club. Still, still has, still has. Still yeah. yeah. see him every week at the home game. Yeah, yeah, he still yeah. goes yeah. down the game every week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mad, mad blues. Yeah. I'd play, I'd play a three-man midfield. Yeah. Um, uh, on the right of that three-man midfield, on the inside, I'd have Kevin Dillon. Uh, Dill was a schoolmate of mine. I, we went through school together. Mm. That's yeah. interesting. You know that. We went, we went through the same school in Sunderland together. He was a year younger than me. He, Dill, Dill passed his 11 plus. I didn't. Uh, and that's when we split. He went to a, a school called St. Aidan's. I went to a school called St. Joseph's. Uh, he, went, he went to school and believe it or not, you're not going to believe this, in the same team with me and Dill was a, was a guy called Mickey Hazard. Oh, I remember uh, Mickey Hazard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spurs. Yeah. Hazard yeah. was a so there was three of us in, in the CM school team. Uh, and Mickey Hazard and Dill passed their 11 plus and went to St. Aidan's. Uh, but we kept the good. Dill had trials for Sunderland. And you know, I mean, it's crazy, it's crazy how Kevin Dillon and Mickey Hazard, one ended up with Tottenham, one ended up with Birmingham, how they were never t- picked up by Sunderland. You know, Dill was a Dill was a beautiful footballer, uh, really, really covered the ground well and strange, strange, strange character. But a, but a great lad and uh, totally fitted into the Birmingham way and all that, you know, and he's a, he's a fantastic lad. Good player he was. You still in touch, mate? Yeah, yeah, still keep in touch. He now mm. scouts for for Scotland. Does the scout. Oh, does he? Yeah, for, for Steve Clark. yeah. I know. Right. scouts out watching games for the Scottish mm. players, keeping an eye on them and 
doing the reports and feedback on how they're getting on and stuff like that, you know, and, mm. data and stuff and everything. So no, he's uh, he's still involved in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have I'd have sit in front of my back four. I'd have Kevin Broadhurst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Broad's uh, obviously again he suffered another bad injury, a knee injury, and he was never the same player. But brave as a lion, tackle anything, run through a brick wall for you. Real, real honesty about him. Uh, a real good captain, captain of the team, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, not not my team. I'm going to make someone else my captain. Oh, sorry. <laughs> In the day, he was captain, yeah. when he played, he was injured a lot of the time. You know. Yeah. He was injured a lot of the time, and uh, he was a he's a real, real warrior. Towards. Warrior. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Another another guest we've had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my captain. Uh, the reason why I'd make him captain because he's quite intelligent lad and he's, he's a bit of a leader. Uh, everyone followed him and all that, you know. And he was real good around the dressing room. Was Alan Kirbisley. Kerbs. Yeah. Uh, tidy footballer, clever, intelligent player. Obviously went off to the Villa, so we're not. Uh, yeah. We won't talk about that. But whilst yeah. he, whilst he was there, I. I I thought he was really, really popular guy, really intelligent on his football, had a real good knowledge of it. Uh and 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 I got on really well with him and I like Curbs and I still still in touch with Curbs now. He's mm. down here in London, lives in London, down this way, yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really good good lad, yeah. Yeah. Uh wide left would be Ian Andy side. Uh God rest his soul. He put a few on a plate for me and that famous game of Coventry, uh when he when he twisted the fullback out inside out and crossed the ball, uh, great player, great footballer in training, one of the best players I've ever seen in training. Goes past people in games. I mean, he he didn't he didn't play as many games as I thought he should. I mean, because he was in and out of the team and all that. But on his day, on his day, he was good as anyone in the league, absolutely, and won the league. And the one I'd pick up front playing in that team is is Howard Gale. Mm. Uh, I'd pick him just for his pace, his power. Uh, he, he knew where to run and when to run and how to run. He and he stretched teams. He made the pitch big. And I just think with him in that in that team, sliding balls in behind. And I thought at times he played on the left, he played on the right, and he played through the middle. But uh, he was he was a he was a good good player when I was at Birmingham in those years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underestimated, I it was. I think the one mm-hmm. I missed out. I think the one I missed out was the centre half. Yeah, yeah. I missed one out. Yeah, somebody next to Pat Vanga now. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I chose him because because he was he was so, so intelligent and super super skillful, and absolutely both foot two foot. He was one of those lads who, if you played golf with me, beat you. If you played snooker, he would beat you. He was he was a wonderful wonderful talent, and uh, he should have gone on and he played for Wales. He should have gone on and made much more caps. Uh, unfortunately, he, he's not around anymore. Uh, he, he he died, and uh, he was he was honestly a super super footballer. And I think if he'd been around today, he'd have been a superstar. That was Byron Stevenson. I mean, he was such an intelligent player. Uh, I mean, that team doesn't really hasn't got a lot of what I'd say really brave headers and all that. I know, but I think in today's game, I think with those two fullbacks, those two football playing centre 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 halves, I think I think it'd be a good team there. Oh, definitely. Yes, a lot of comments coming in for it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Michael Woods has just said, "What a team!" Um, my hero team. Sorry, it's gone off the screen. He just said that pretty much along the lines of that. That's the team of his heroes from his childhood, basically. 
Yeah. Well, I've uh, got something right tonight. It would be the manager, me. Ron Saunders. Ron Saunders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ron. I, I only had one manager at Birmingham. That yeah. Was... <laughs> how did you get a record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you get on with Ron? I loved Ron, yeah. Yeah? Loved him, yeah. He, uh, he taught me a lot. He taught me how to look after myself. Uh, he was a he was a he was a great character. He'd come and have a little whisper in you before the game and uh, about who you're playing against and don't do this and don't do that. Real good manager. Really looked after the boys. Uh, yeah, he, he was a very very strong character. Uh, well, he yeah. had a real care inside. Real real real. He real was he was an aggressive centre forward himself. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I got to hold my hand up and say I did see him play. He scored two against Birmingham. Uh, and we thought, ooh, you know, and he was a real tough nut yeah, on the yeah. field. Everyone seems to score two against Birmingham. Yes. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've done from Michael's comment earlier about his childhood heroes. Who was yours, Mick? Who was your uh, childhood heroes as a footballer when you was young? Well, well, that's pretty easy, really, because my my team was Sunderland, and you know, I followed them for for donkey years. It was five, six. I yeah. My first game against uh, my first ever time in. In London was at the cup final in 73. I was yeah. 14 years old. When I was 15, I packed in playing football when I, when I started working. Packed in playing football and I followed Sunderland around the country. Yeah. All over the country, home and away. That was my passion. Then I, I got back into football somehow and I, I got back in and playing again when I was about 17, which I'm really glad I did. Uh, my, my heroes of that time was uh, my, my favourite all-time player of... Of, the, of Sunderland, he's, he's actually an ex-Birmingham player. Uh, was Colin Todd? Oh, Toddy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sunderland, and uh, he was a he was a superstar, fantastic. I thought you was going to say I thought you was going to say Lee Cab then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just going back to that cup final. That was some cup final. That was the cup final everybody wanted Sunderland, but didn't really think it would happen, no. and it did. No. What a cup final that was! It was, it was all. I mean, it was a, there was a guy. You mean? I could name all those players on the pitch, all the Sunderland players and the Leeds players. And there was a guy called Richie Pitt. No one knows who he is. He was only a fullback. Yeah, he was a 19-year-old. He played left side, centre half, and the ball's gone on the touchline, and Alan Clark's got it, and he's cleaned him out. He's actually cleaned it, uh, Alan Clark out, and I, I still believe now that's what that's why Sunderland won the yeah. He cleaned him out, and the, the, it took the fear away that day, and all that. And Sunderland. Sunderland played well, and obviously that great save by Jim Mong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with that yeah. double save, and I still believe that's the best save I've ever seen. He went on to play for Blues as well, didn't he? Yeah, he the goal, came yeah. Down, yeah, Monty. Yeah, Monty. Come down to Blues, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I want to read these this couple of... Um... Just a couple of quotes. Uh, uh, Jason says, uh, I didn't have the chance to watch Mick well before my, time, before my time. What an inspirational guy and what a guy, what a legend. Loved listening to him tonight. Um, from Violet, she says, I just want to say, Mick, your stories I've loved, loved listening to. I've laughed so much tonight. I've also found it emotional when you talk about your cancer. But on behalf of all Blue, Nose, Blue Noses, I hope you keep up your fight and it all goes well. Thank you very much. Very good. Yeah, that's Violet and J- Jason. Are we doing the last 15? Uh, have we got uh, time? Have we got one lined up? I can th- I've just thought of one with Mick on, obviously. Um, the, okay, the, set seven minutes. The coincidence of obviously us throwing tennis balls on the pitch while Mick was there the other week uh, for Luton and uh, anything to do with tennis and football. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Tennis, tennis and football. 
Tennis and football? Easy, that should be. It's a word association, Mick, that we do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, word association, tennis and football. Uh, I'll, I'll kick start then with Peter Lovenkranz. Well done. Uh, should we talk about the game tomorrow and Saturday? Yes. <laughs> get our predictions yeah. in now. Uh, come on, come on. I'll, I'll get, let Oliver go first because he's been quiet okay. all night. He's been, uh, um, get close to the mic. It's gonna, it's gonna be hard because the the, the manager in Paul Ince is in charge at the minute. So it's yeah. no manager bounce more than anything. But I think there's something like what, 1,900 Blues fans going. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's that's quite good for a Tuesday night, to be fair. Oh, so you're going as well, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say three one. Three one Blues. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Go on. I've got one. I've got one. Go on. I see Wimbledon won tonight. Yeah. Wimbledon. Oh. Yeah, like it. <laughs> Four six three six two. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Well done. I'll go. I'll go two one tomorrow. Two one tomorrow night. It's not normally I guess. Get one today. Yeah. Well done. I'm gonna go. Sorry, sorry, Craig. No, I was gonna say I just I know they've got that new manager bounce and 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 I I do agree that sometimes it picks up. But I just think they're in a really bad position at the moment. And we're actually quite we're high up on on the. On should we say a bit of a crest of a wave? So I quite fancy us for a two 0 tomorrow night. Yeah, at home they've they've been they've, I think they haven't won in their last ten at home and they've only like, they've drawn three. Oh no 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 uh, no no don't no, say that. No no. I think I think I think we'll get um, a, a good draw. I think we won one. One one. Okay. As Mick has pointed out, everybody scores two against the Blues. So I'll go two two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I fancy a win. Um, um, be, yeah, I'll go three two blues. I think there'll be a few goals in it. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I'll, 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 if you heard me, I said two one blues. Mm-hmm. So, What's this? What's happened to Mikhailovich there? Has he has he been injured? Because I, I I keep looking. I don't see him in the team. A little bit, yeah. Um, a little bit. Yeah. I think yeah. I think he's not injured. Is he injured? Okay. Yeah. Well, keep him out the side. We might be all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's done a lot this season, anyway. No. Yeah, but you know, you know what it's like. Yeah. When, oh, yeah, obviously. You know, it's like when old players come and play against us. <laughs> yeah. They always turn it on. They always turn it on. It's, uh, great tennis ones coming through, Chris. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see him. Yeah. Lee, Lee Novak, Djokovic, which oh, that's, 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 that's the best. That Steve Job, that yeah, he's quality. But uh, we got uh, Peter and Love uh, a couple of times. Uh, Don Kavanagh, Dilly had a boner of tennis balls. He's uh, <laughs> is, quite is, is good. Uh, Lindsay Murray, yes, we know you love camp. So uh, <laughs> you can have that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Peter Taylor, Wooden Goodman. That's the uh, the other one that I've, I've seen. But there are some great ones coming through there. I'm just going through some scores. Well, Lindsay's gone two two tomorrow and three one on Saturday. Uh, Michael's gone Reading one Blues three. Violet says two one Blues. Uh, Michael says one one Huddersfield. Set Blatter says one one Don Kavanagh uh, away Blues two nil against Reading. 
yep. a conf- quite a bit of confidence there. Yeah. Uh, Davy Davies, cup. Steve Gardner says, uh, first Tilton talk I've listened to, it won't be the last. I saw you play your first game for Blues. Uh, thanks, Mick, and good luck with your fights. You can beat this evil disease. Great listening to your memories. That's from uh, Steve Gardner, a first-time Tilton talker. Welcome, Steve. Uh, Anthony, Pete? yeah, Anthony Garver, Gary Liney. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Peter Bonnetti. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lob Hatton from. Uh, oh, from that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that one. What about what about Rudy Volley? Said Rudy Voller. <laughs> Not what? bad. <laughs> uh, right then, guys, it is time. It's time now to uh, sort of wrap up the show. Uh, I'd say thanks to our friend Mark Adams. Have Alan a good Watton. week, everybody. Alan Watton. All the best. Polikis. Uh, Polikis. <laughs> Keep right on. Thanks, everyone. Craig Gardner. <laughs> keep up the positivity everybody it's really good at the moment Let, let's keep this going positive comms positive fans that Definitely. brings positive results you know got, uh, thanks to our special guest Mick Hartford Mick thanks for coming in uh, being on me. the show can I just say you know, thanks for having me and uh, Thanks for listening to all those silly stories, but it's uh, brilliant. Thing. Really, really appreciate all your support, and it's uh, it's very, very much appreciated. So, thank you, guys. Want to wish you all the best tomorrow, and let's hope Blues have a good season. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Thanks, cheers, Mick. Hi, mate. I've got a cheers. Run. Keep right on. Keep right on. Yeah, cheers, Mick, and you, mate. Um, God, tennis and football. Ian, backhand decides. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent.